Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. Uh, it's first draft time and uh, for the 2022-23 season. Yes, it's that time already. My name is Joe and today I'm joined by Ukash, aka Zof from the FPL Wire channel. Zof, hello. How are you? Doing great, Joe. How are you doing? Quite doing... warm up in the UK. It is. It is warm. And you're now where, whereabouts in India are you based? I'm all the way down south, so it's okay. always warm here. So I'm going to say, because no matter how warm it is here, I suspect it's probably warmer there. Um, I've got to say, looking um, fit and ready for the season. Now, you, this isn't a, Thank you. a chat up line, but you've been working out. <laughs> yes, yes, I have. Working hard over the summer. Definitely. I want to see your uh, co-hosts on the FPL Wire bringing attention to that as well, because um, looking good and ready for the season. Um, so, yeah. The um, looking at the first drafts as well, there's a lot of things to consider. Um, how many premiums do you have? Can you have a Spurs premium and Salah and Haaland? Uh, which one do you sacrifice? Do you go big at the back? Do you go medium at the back? A little bit at the back. So without further ado, I'm not even going to you know mess around here. We're just going to put your team up and then we're just going to go through it position by position. We'll Let's do it. got some stats as well. So here's your team. And for the benefit of those uh, listening to the podcast version, you've got Raya in goal, five at the back with Cancelo, uh, Luke Dean, Alexander-Arnold, Perisic, James. You've got two midfielders. So you've got a 5-2-3 with Luis Diaz and Salah. And then you've got Jesus, ha- Haaland and Mitrovic up front. And on your bench, you've got Balcom, who, which is actually a town in West Sussex, um, Colback, De Silva, uh, Andreas Pereira, uh, and nothing in the bank. So that's the end of my spiel. Let's let's start at the back. Goalkeeper. Now you're a Chelsea fan. No Mendy, but you've gone for Raya. Why is that? Yeah, I don't know. I just can't bring myself to spend more than four point five on a goalkeeper. I think it's just ingrained in me in thirteen years of playing. Now the thing with Raya, I think if he had played the entire season, I think he would have probably been at five point oh. He's so good for bonus, so good for saves, and I think I read a stat somewhere for points per game. 
He's up there in the top five for the games that he played. And they have a good run of fixtures. Brentford for the first eight, nine. I haven't really set in stone when I'm going to wildcard. So I like him there as a placeholder. So he's a sort of, um, for those that have been playing for the last couple of years, two or three years, really, you know, the Martinez at Villa when he was cheap and then he went up in price. Uh, Nick Pope used to be cheap at Burnley, went up in price. It hasn't gone down. Um, and Reyes, you, you think Reyes in that bracket, lots of saves, lots of bonus points. Doesn't matter whether he gets clean sheets. Low XG, he gets a lot of like, you know, low XG chances, like which we've seen, which helps Popes and all these guys rack up. Assists. And they, I think they are good for clean sheets, uh, Brentford, especially at home. Okay. Um, okay. So, uh, and you're quite happy with um, a 4.0 backup goalie then. You don't, you don't yes. feel the need to have a... Uh, you think right, Ray, Ray is enough. So he's secure. They've they've just signed a new goalkeeper at Brentford, haven't they? But you're not too worried about that. Now, from what I've read on the forums, he's very much back up. They expect Rhea to leave next season. They probably go to a top six side. Okay. So they're preparing for the future. Wow. Okay. Um, well, let, let's go with um, a, a one of many headlines for this. Is this five at the back that you've got here? So take us through the players there why you've got them and then i i suspect you're going to mention the words attacking defender at some point um so i've got a little table afterwards so yeah go go through your your back line there why have you got these players i think it's more to do with the pricing system i don't think the pricing system and fpl has caught up to the way modern football has evolved in the role of the fullback so i think all these guys you see trent he's hit over 200 points now for consecutive seasons he's priced at 7.5 you have somebody like Bowen who's done that for one season mm. and he's 8.5. Mm. I, I know it's not an apple-to-apple apple comparison, but it just gives you some perspective. Now, Cancelo had a ridiculous number of shots, ridiculous number of chances created, plays for arguably the best defence in the league. If Cucurella comes, I might waver a little bit there because then it becomes three. Mm-hmm. Three players like to rotate. But as such, Cancelo is absolutely set in stone for me. Cancelo and Trent, I don't think I really need to talk about much why they're there. They're already over 40% on everyone's yeah. well aware. The Chelsea spot is a bit of a debate between James and Chilwell because there are multiple things you have to consider now with Chelsea. We are going to be very different from last season because of the personnel. You have Rudiger who's left. We're talking about Aspilicueta who might leave. Pristinsen has left. Alonso might leave. So there's talk that we might switch to a back four, which is what Tuchel is going to work on in preseason. And if that happens, I'm not that optimistic on a Chelsea defender. Okay. And also, I don't think our fixtures for the first five are particularly good for clean sheets. I think they're good for an attacker. I'll just read them out. It's Everton away, Spurs at home, Leeds away, Leicester at home, and Southampton away. Now, if these guys play as wing-backs, then I'm just looking at them as six million midfielders who get four points for a clean sheet instead mm-hmm. of one. That I don't mind. No. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, I must admit, in my draft, I, I, my draft's not as finished as this. I've got two or three players who are sort of locks and can currently Cancelo and Alexander Arnold are those, but I've got Chilwell currently at the moment um, because when he did play in the few games he did, I noticed that he got more points on average, more points per match that is um, correct. Per appearance. And is that something, are you, what would, what would persuade you to move from James to Chilwell? Cause you've already described why you would perhaps move away from Chelsea defenders, but what would persuade you to move from James to Chilwell, perhaps? I am actually considering doing that. I think right now there are rumours that we've signed Kulubali from Napoli. So the other centre-backs also we are looking at, because I think because of the lack of personal, there's very high chance of James still occasionally playing at centre-back. 
okay. as we saw at times last season and that chilwell doesn't isn't really going to do that and from the all the heat maps and all the data i've seen chilwell is more of a goal threat and james is more of an assist threat okay so that also depends on who it's what sort of for, profile of forward we sign if we sign a forward who's very good in the air that's good for james in terms of the assist potential Okay. And what do we so think? I'm 50 50 and it's just a personal bias honestly I have towards James as a player okay um what do we think um with say for example sterling joining um how will that affect would that make say Chilwell better or worse or James better or worse what do you think that would do that's an interesting question I haven't really thought about that I don't know how it necessarily make James better mm. Because maybe Sterling, I would expect Sterling to probably play on the left wing. Yes. Because you look at Sterling as more of a goal threat, he'd probably look to cut inside. So maybe James probably would, if he plays some more like you know low crosses along the ground, you could get some tap-ins for Sterling. Yeah, that's but what I was thinking. James cr crossing to Sterling, um, but then of course yep. Chilwell on the same side as Sterling as well. And I mean, they, they, I think they seem to work well with England. Um, I can't, I, I can't think of a, of a time where I thought, oh, that's not working. Um, but um, yeah, I think I think that's interesting. Lots of options, though. Would you consider yeah. both, perhaps further down the line? Further down the line, definitely. But because we have lost such key personnel, and what happens is Rudiger did a lot of work on the left hand side to even cover. He wasn't just like a centre back. He did a lot of coverage. We saw Robertson struggled when Van Dijk was injured, because Van Dijk covers him when he bombs forward a lot. So I want to see. And, okay. and just naturally, as a fan, I'm just generally always more pessimistic about my team than optimistic. Okay. So there's a bias there, fair warning. Um, now, Spurs. Now, Spurs, as we are recording, are in action. I believe they are currently were 6-3 up against uh, yes. a Korean um, league um, outfit. And uh, Son and Kane doing well. So that's starting to turn my head a little bit um, towards wanting one of those. But you've got Perisic in there. So um, as we'll, we'll have a look in a minute, the... Attacking defenders in Conte's system um, are very, very good assets to own in FPL. Um, why Perisic? Just a bit of a shiny new toy, mm. feeling like that. But mm. then in terms of the pedigree of the player, there's like about eight goals, seven assists or something last season. And I think the left wing back role was a bit of a problem for Spurs last season. I think Reguillon has already been put in the shop window. There's Sessegnon who's there to compete. And Paris, which is so versatile, he could even be playing in the front three, on the right, on the left. I think he's just a quality player. Okay. And in Spurs in general, my co-host of the podcast, Late Riser, he's extremely bullish on them. Because mm. you see Conte is working them very hard during preseason, and they generally tend to start well. What happens generally from what my experience as a Chelsea fan and monitoring Conte also in Italy is when the European pileup starts to happen, that's when Conte's team drop off a little because he works them so hard in training. Mm -hmm. It becomes difficult to recover with matches every three days, three days, three days. But in, when they have a full week to prepare, Conte's team are monsters. I, I, I think I was reading that um, the likes of Kane um, well, actually vomited <laughs> because they're being trained so hard. If, if you look at the, all the Juventus guys, the Chelsea guys in the past, they all say the same thing. Conte's training sessions are the most brutal out there. So they're just, just being sick everywhere. But uh, nevertheless, it does it does hind, uh, highlight that. Kane traditionally hasn't been a quick starter. So this could be one of those seasons where Kane actually gets off to a flyer, perhaps. Um, yes. Um, any other Chelsea, def uh, sorry, any other Spurs defenders on your radar? So, for example, if, say it doesn't work out with Pirisic, say he gets injured. Um, who who would be, would you just be looking at team news, you know, who who who's likely to replace him? Would you definitely always want a Spurs wing back? 
I would like because again, I look at these wing backs almost as midfielders who get additional clean sheet points. And at 5.5, you're pretty much getting an entry into the Spurs attack. And I would say there, Conte's wingbacks are arguably even more attacking than Tuchel's, okay. the way he plays. Um, now, you've got Luca Dean there. Um, now, a lot of people are going for cash uh, from Villa. Um, he, he scored more points um, and more points per match. And uh, I think there was a double game week where he got about 20 points. So people tend to remember these things. But why have you got Luca Dean there? Is, he, is that sort of a placeholder or, or have you got your heart set on him? So I want something from Villa because if you saw the scout fixture ticker for the first four game weeks, Villa come right on top. And I don't want to plan farther than that because we have this whole unlimited transfers and the whole wildcard. I think I want to attack at least some block of short-term fixtures. So they are Bournemouth away, Everton at home, Palace away, West Ham at home. So I read an article from The Athletic where Gerard has been talking about giving Dean more attacking responsibility. Ooh. Okay. And for me, every season, every player starts with a fresh slate. I learned that from Danny Ying's season. Right. The season where we expected him to get injured every other game and he just kept banging them in. So, I like Dean. I think he's got a great cross on him. Yeah. They've recruited very well. They've got Kamara, who's just broken into the France team. They've got a new centre-back. So, Gerard's full-backs are almost like wing-backs. So this is um, it's a good differential as well in the team because uh, while while Cash will be in a number of teams, you know he obviously won't be in all of them. But yeah, people might be o- overlooking Villa. Um, but let, let's have a look. At, I've got I've got a I've got a table here for, uh, of attacking defenders, um, which is is from last season. So as you said, everyone's got a clean clean slate. Um, but looking at that. Um, we have got Alexander Arnold at top. So I've sorted this by uh, minutes per expected goal involvement. So um, for Alexander Arnold, it says it's got 179.4, but that essentially means he's expected to get an attacking return pretty much every other game. And so some games you might get two, um, uh, but every other game. So you're gonna you're gonna do well out of, out of your out of your uh, 7.5 for him. Then you've got uh, Doherty at Tottenham. Um, just over uh, uh, expected goal involvement every over 223 minutes there. Then then your man James, um, then Cancelo at City, Reguilón at Tottenham, Alonso at Chelsea, Chilwell at Chelsea, Robertson at Liverpool, and Sessignon at Tottenham. So that's that's the theme there, isn't it? Spurs, Chelsea, City, Liverpool, attacking defenders, get them in because. You're going to get you're going to get returns from them every other game, every three games. You're going to get some kind of attacking return. But um, yeah, it's. I mean, you 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 probably well versed with these figures already. This is why you've made your decisions. But have you got any other sort of further thoughts about attacking defenders? Any other any other names in the frame for you? Robertson is a consideration, obviously, over Diaz, but I want to have that 8 million spot in midfield because, you know, I'm all about the price points from our Meet the Manager video. So I yeah. think there's a lot of value in that 8 million bracket for hop on, hop off in terms of form and all that stuff. So I sort of want to have that spot there. Okay. Other Besides that, probably there's not much, but in general, what I try to do, I try to include as many players from the top six sides in my team at the start of the season because we don't know who's going to start well and it's a safer bet to bet on the guys at the top end of the table than the bottom end that's, that's something i've heard you say before on fpl wire and it's something that's always stuck to me it's one of those nice phrases uh, where i think some, one of your co-hosts has said something and you said just get good players from good teams that sounds so obvious but we all forget that and um yeah oh let's go back to your team so we can see 
good players and good teams in action. So you've got those in defense. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Midfield. Now, you have gone for a, potentially a 5-2-3, and we'll come to those three at, up top. But why only two midfielders? Um, yeah, you're not keen on midfielders. The thing is, the way the pricing has been done by FPL, I found it a bit strange that there's so much value and so much quality at 8 million and above, but below... There's not really much. Now, Rafinha is off to Barcelona from what we hear. Yeah. We talk about there's only like Javi, Barnes and all that stuff. There's obviously players who might emerge. We're looking at the likes of Rashford, Sancho. They played well yesterday, but it can't be too much into that. We'll have a look more into see. But in general, I like the value in that bracket of 6 to 7.5 on forwards. We did a podcast yesterday with FP Alliance who got back-to-back finishes, mm. top 10 finishes in the championship fantasy yeah. game. And he was just harping on about how good Mitrovic and Solanke are in terms of talismans. They score okay. almost 50% of the goals or assists. So let's say we expect Fulham to score 50 goals. You're expecting 25 returns for Mitrovic, similar for Solanke at 6, 6.5. And they're nailed on for 90 minutes absolutely every game. And as we'll talk about later, that's a huge advantage with the fixture congestion that's coming. Okay. So the, I am not entirely sure because I do want to have one spot in there. So the Mitrovic spot I've got up there right now, I might convert it to a 6.5 mid if somebody emerges now during over the next few weeks. But that's again more of a structure thing. So I can hop off to the new Ben Rama. There's always one guy who starts the season on fire. So I want to find this season's Ben Rama. So, so for example, in the in the sort of emerging templates, um, a lot of people have got say three midfielders. So they've got you've got Salah in yours and you're potentially captaining him against Fulham in game week one you've got Luis Diaz as your eight million we'll, we'll come to that eight million slot in a sec but instead you've up front you've got Mitrovic a lot of other people have gone for say Gomez, or they might have gone for they may be being wooed by Marcus Rashford even but but they're going for that sort of player uh, maybe they're going down a little bit maybe they've got Neto in there at 5.5 from Wolves um, so you are you are quite keen on this on a forward rather than a midfielder currently at the moment, but you, you, you've got an open mind about it. Is that right? Absolutely. If you look at my entire squad, probably that's the one I'm the most least set on rather. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so he could be, but by the time we see your game week one squad, that could be like a Gamera's type an attacking midfielder. Gamera's could be Neto, Rashford. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm open to all ideas. Like I said, everybody gets a clean slate for the new season. So I'm going to monitor and people say, don't read too much to pieces. And I like reading into it in terms of the minutes that these players are getting. Now, now I know you like looking at the price points and getting, uh, I do as well, um, for these things. And sometimes you notice various things. I think two or three seasons ago, there were loads of good 7 million midfielders. And there were a few teams that really stocked up on them. They like, had three or four of them. And I don't think they all did that well. And suddenly people were sort of scrambling around trying to move money around. Um, it seems to be 8 million midfielders at the moment. I've only got one. You've only got one in Luis Diaz. Uh, but you've got the likes of uh, Madison. You've got the Man City midfielders. You can even go down a bit for Grealish, but but the eight million is a good price tag. And you've got Diaz, and then you've got Kulusevski at, at Spurs. Well, it seems to be a lot of good players. Eight, have you noticed that as well? Eight eight million. That looks yes. like a 
golden price. <laughs> and I, I don't know if it's a bit lazy pricing or maybe the algorithm threw it out. I'd like to see some variety, 7.5, 8, 8.5, to just have about eight midfielders there at 8 million. It just felt like a yeah. bit strange to me. Okay. Um, so, Luis Diaz, he is your uh, 8 million. So, it's more like you want an 8 million midfielder. But why, why is Luis Diaz the one you're favouring sort of currently? So I wanted to get another Liverpool attacker. So with the signing of Nunes, I think that's more of a threat to Jota's minutes. Okay. Even Klopp said yesterday that he looks at Nunes as a proper number nine. So from what I saw of Diaz, even in the preseason friendly or last season, he's a hungry player. Okay. He's probably going to replace Mane. He takes a lot of shots, create a lot of chances, and he's a lot of fun to watch. Okay. Well, that's good. And that's what it should all be about as well. Um, speaking of fun, oh, look at this forward line. So you've got three up front. We've, always mentioned, we've already mentioned Mitrovic. Um, Haaland, I guess you're just, you're just betting that he's still going to be good in the Premier League. Um, I think that a lot's been said about him and we can come back to him in a sec. But, but Jesus, um, what, what is it? He's been, Jesus has been in my, my uh, first draft since, that, since the day one, really. Because um, he just looked 8 million for him. Did, did you see that as well, his price? I expected close to 9, 9.5. And from what I've read, he wants to be a goal scorer this season. Mm. He's done with the whole false nine, creating space for others, playing on the right and all that stuff. And this, this whole relationship he has with Arteta from the time at Man City, I expect big things from him. I really rate the player. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think he's valid. He's not going anywhere uh, for me. And uh, and then I noticed in pre-season, he scored a uh, brace and yes. uh, pretty much made an own goal, I think it was, for um, uh, within about 10 minutes. So, um, yeah, he's he's doing well. Um, you mentioned about fixtures as well. So you're keeping your mind open to a wild card. We've got to use our wild cards before game week uh well, by game game week sixteen, that's the end of it yes. um, for that first wild card because we've got the World Cup. So, do do you have a particular time in mind? I'll put some fixtures up in a sec, but yeah, do you have a particular time you might do it? So the thing is, I don't think there's a clear fixture swing as there was last season. Last season, as soon as I saw the fixture list, I knew I was going to be wildcarding game week eight because Chelsea, Arsenal, they had an mm. outstanding run of yeah. fixtures, but it's not really there. This season, but what does happen this year is a UCL congestion, and in general, fixture congestion gets quite bad from game week four. From game week four onwards, there's a midweek fixture all the way, either a Premier League game or a Champions League game, up to 15. And I think that is significant because that's when the X minutes factor comes into play. And there's a significant swing around game week six for the promoted sides like Brentford and Fulham. Let me just read out the fixtures around six. Yeah. I don't have the, do you have them up there, Joe? Yeah, I've got I mean are you looking at Brentford so so Brentford, for example. So I'm looking at Fulham and Bournemouth. Ah, but Fulham and Bournemouth. So uh, well Fulham Fulham are, I've done the top ten with fixture difficulty in game weeks one and eight. And Fulham aren't there. So that says everything you need to know within that sort of frame of game week eight. But as you said, okay. they do improve. So if we're looking at Fulham, for example, so I've got game weeks one to eight on the screen, and they show that Arsenal, Brighton, City, Brentford Leeds, Liverpool, Chelsea, Forest, Tottenham and Villa. They are the top 10 in terms of fixture difficulty if you want to look at that block. Game weeks 9 to 16, well, then then, then it all changes around. That gets um, really good. Um, so your man Solanke at Bournemouth, he, Bournemouth have the best fixtures. Um, and then you've got Leicester, Aston Villa, Everton, Chelsea, Palace, then Fulham, West Ham, Wolves and Newcastle. So that's my long-winded way of saying... 
Uh, Fulham have really good fixtures. Game week nine, definitely. They've got Newcastle. Yes. Game week nine, so you're spot on. And even yeah. Leicester. So the advantage of Bournemouth and Leicester, and even if you look at Villa, they have Leeds, Forest, yeah. Chelsea, Fulham, Brentford. It's a good run. These teams have no worries about X minutes. Yeah. European games are not going to be a consideration for these guys. And I'm very bullish on Leicester this year. Yeah. Brendan Rodgers, like Conte, he's very good when he has an entire week to prepare. And they have such a good squad in terms of players, in terms of when they have good wing backs, you have creative players. Yeah. So I think they're going to do much better than last year. And they always scored goals. Yeah. Even last year, scoring goals wasn't a problem. So you look at Forest, Bournemouth, Palace, Leeds, that's outstanding. So tentatively, and as a general rule, I always feel more comfortable while cutting around by game week six or seven, because I have a very clear idea of the landscape in terms of the value goalkeepers, who's a budget 4.5 guys, who's a fodder, like, you know, the fodder defenders. Yeah. Getting that in place is just as important as your first 11. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I look at this and I think I, I'm sort of planning a game week wildcard between these two fixture blocks, because as you said, sometimes it's those, it's those cheaper players that you're never going to get rid of. And that's sometimes what a wildcard's good for. And you've got this great fixture swing um, going on with uh, Bournemouth, uh, Fulham, uh, these types of teams, which could offer great value. But um, yeah, you were talking about the congestion really. So from game week four, that's going to, going to kick off again. So I'll look at game weeks one to eight again. So we're looking at um, a European involvement. So City, for example. So you're anticipating in this fixture block, the sort of game week five times. So City have, have Forest at home, which should be good. Villa away, then Tottenham at home, which should also be good for goals. Then Wolves away. Um, but there could be some congestion that time, do you feel? It depends a lot on the draw. Which team lands in like a difficult group if City get the easy group like they always do. It's not as much of a consideration, but if somebody lands up in a group of death, it gets a lot trickier when you have like a forest at home and then you have Real Madrid midweek. Um, so, I mean, for example, with Liverpool as well. So there are more attacking options now. The Firmino is still there. You mentioned Jota as well. Um, we do have those. Uh, we do have those options. So looking at Liverpool, um, they've got Bournemouth game week four. Well, we quite like Salah to play that. Uh, Newcastle at home. Uh, Everton away, Wolves at home, and then the Chelsea away. So it's quite a quite a nice run of fixtures. Um, uh, having more difficult fixtures is actually beneficial oh. in terms of X minutes because you expect to play a stronger team, right? Mm. If you're facing, yeah. let's say, a weaker team and a home game, you're more likely to rotate there and play a stronger team in the Champions League. But having the, the derby, having Chelsea away, means there's less likelihood, in fact, of rotation. Okay. Um, I mean, I think what we do is we, we'll sort of wrap up now um, because I think we've we've got the two main things really. We looked at a bit of form for those attacking defenders, um, and and we've seen the the price points in action with your team and why midfielders you've really got to spend a bit more if you want a bit of quality there. But with defence, you can get some some bargains um, and we've looked at those fixtures um, so I mean just before we go I'm quite interested in this when you might wildcard it sounds to me like game week four could be a time for you would you would you say you'd be able... game week five is what okay. I honestly need to look at it more but wow. I like what you've identified just now in terms of game week nine because oh. it's just as much about the teams I want to target I see Bournemouth Leicester Villa even Everton have a decent run at that point Fulham Palace have a decent run. So these are teams that I want to I want to focus more at that point on teams who are outside Europe and the first half around the first to maybe first to six weeks. I want to look at the teams from the top six. So there'll be a significant swing at that point. Okay. Well, I mean, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for sharing your thoughts about that. And it's great to see um, a team with two midfielders in it because it's quite unusual and people might 
uh, be surprised at that. But I think when they listen to your explanation, I think they'll, uh, they'll, they'll realize that. Uh, and it's not set in stone. I'm always open to changing anything. I could go, could you see me in a three, four, three, I think flexibility is key. And it's very important early season, not to get wedded to any picks. Cause what happens is it's a danger of being attached. Well, you reached like, you know, the deadline, you're like, I've had this guy in every draft. I've had him for here for three to four weeks. I don't want to lose him now. What if he bangs? I'll feel bad. Yeah. So try, try to do not to get attached to any picks. Keep a fresh mind. I think after the community shield is when you really think a hunker down and um, start tinkering. Great advice. Um, good luck with the coming season. Um, and good luck everyone who's watching and listening as well um, with the, the new campaign. We've got the World Cup in the middle of it, so it's a little bit different, um, but uh, it should be fun as per usual. Uh, but uh, thanks a lot for joining me and good luck.